And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. So tonight, I'm going to be reviewing season one of Tulsa King. This is actually, hands down, one of my favorite shows that Sylvester Stallone has ever played in. I really am excited to be able to do this review and to be able to talk about season one of Tulsa King. So without further ado, let's go ahead. Let's get started. I can't wait to be able to talk about this. And here we go. So here's the thing. I really like the fact that this is actually a different kind of scenario. Basically, you have this mobster who's doing time in prison, and then he gets out of prison and time has passed. People moved on without him and things like that. And so, basically, the mob winds up exiling him and putting him in Tulsa. And this is, I really like the concept of you have, like, a fish-out-of-water kind of scenario within the mobsters and stuff like that, too. But, you know, let me just give you some groundwork on what I'm trying to say here, okay? So, the series actually follows New York, Mafia, Capo, Dwight, the general, uh, Manfredi, who, as he's released from prison after 25 years— is uneconomically uh, exiled by his boss to set up shop in Tulsa, Oklahoma, realizing that his mob family might not have his best interests in mind. The white slowly builds a crew from a group of unlikely characters to help him establish a new criminal empire in a place that to him might as well be another planet. And I like that whole entire direction of the fact that he's done 25 years in prison. And the fact that he's thinking that people are going to come in, open arms, and accept him for who he is. And then instead, it's a total opposite. You have the mob boss's sons, and, you know, the thing about the, the son is, especially Chicky. Chicky is probably the most douchebag of them all within the family itself. But the only one that actually has his back is actually the mob boss himself, but his sons don't really care for him or anything, but they wind up exiling him over to Tulsa. And I like how, you know, 25 years has passed and he's up inside that back seat. Right. And he's talking to his Uber driver and, you know, he's like, well, what the hell is an iPhone? What what was an iPhone? What does it do? And then of course, you know, it also, he doesn't even know what an app is. And time has moved on without him. I like how, Chicky winds up saying, well, just because that you were in prison does not mean that time has stopped. It just keeps on keeps on go, uh, going. Just because you went to prison, it doesn't mean the world stops because you went to prison. No, it just keeps on going. And, you know, so you have, you know, Dwight, who's just a fish out of water. He goes over to the mob boss and the mob boss is like, look, we want you to set up shop in Tulsa. And I like how Dwight is like, wait, 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 hold on. What, what do you mean here? I have to set up shop in Tulsa. There's nothing in Tulsa for me to do. This is my life here in New York. Why are you sending me to Tulsa? And Chicky's like, look, we're going to go on ahead. We're going to set up shop there. You're going to earn over there, and you're going to send us money. And this is like a slap in the face to Dwight because of the fact that he did 25 years in prison for, the, for this family, this family that he thought that loved him and was there for him and supported him. And because of the fact that he wasn't a rat or anything, the white thought that they would accept him back with open arms, but instead they kick him out to Tulsa and he's trying to figure out how to fit into the society. And I love the whole entire chemistry back and forth between the Uber driver and him. And, you know, this is actually one of my favorite things about it. Okay. So basically, he winds up, uh, basically he winds up explaining, Hey, look, th this is actually, 
you need a smartphone, you need certain things to actually do the things that you want to do. And then, of course, you also have, he wants to set up a dispensary or a weed shop and stuff like that. And, of course, he the first thing he does is he goes over to the weed shop and he winds up going over to Bodhi. Bodhi is over there. He's, he, to me, to be honest with you, Bodhi kind of looks like Tom Green, in a sense, back in the early 2000s, Tom Green. And I like how everybody's, like, kind of zoned out and everything's, like, and because they're high. But also, too, they're not used to someone that's, like, a mofioso walking into, into there and saying, hey, look, I'm going to shake you down for this, but I'm going to protect you against the people that are your enemies. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? It's legal. There's no way that you can shake us down or anything like that. It's not the same as it once was. And, of course, Dwight also winds up knocking this one dude out with a coffee mug. And I love I love that whole entire scene of how he takes him down, and then he goes into the back where uh, where Bodhi is, and he winds up explaining to Dodie who he is, what he's after, and he winds up shaking him down. And he look, I'm going to take a percentage, you're going to take a percentage, and we're going to end up being business partners here. And so that's where they become friends in a sense, and also business partners. And then you also have another scene where he's actually going to a bar. He winds up being partners with this other ex con who happens to be working in a bar establishment, and they wind up becoming partners as well. So he's got that established for himself. He's also got the Wii shop. So he's got two businesses already. So he's going to be earning from two different places. Then, you know, he's talking about money laundering. He's talking about all that other stuff. And then, you know, you have the Uber driver. At first, he stays at this little sleazeball hotel, right? And it's actually outside of his limits, to be honest with you. This is not where a mafioso kind of guy, capo guy, is supposed to be staying at. He goes, well, where would you stay at? So he recommends a hotel. The Uber driver winds up bringing him over there. But he get this. The Uber driver just doesn't become um, doesn't become his Uber, Uber driver, and that's it. I like the fact that they did something different. And the fact is, the name of the Uber driver's name is Tyson. And Tyson winds up becoming his, his driver. And I like that whole entire idea of you're giving something more to someone of color and to be able to bounce off of Stallone, especially some of the stuff that he comes up with. And then, like I said, Stallone's been locked away in 25 years. He doesn't know anything about how the world works and operates. And uh, 25 years later, he's trying to figure things out, especially in Tulsa. It's a different atmosphere. It's a totally different ball game compared to where he was back in those days. And I like, like I said, I think this is a cool concept of having a fish out of water kind of vibe to it. And, you know, you also have another person that winds up being, um, actually, there's actually another person that's hiding out from, from the mob as well, that he winds up meeting up Armin. And Armin actually works for uh, Margaret, who actually owns her own uh, horse farm and everything. So now he has another way of actually earning. But also, too, I like how basically Armin is actually afraid of him because he thinks, thinks that Stallone is over there. Um, Dwight is actually over there to whack him. But instead and everything, he goes, look, I don't care about none of that stuff. I really don't. This is a new time for me, new new adventures and stuff like that. Why don't you work for me? And of course, his wife, of course he's actually just a pushover right now. And you wind up finding a little bit out oh, a little bit more of his backstory later on, uh, and the whole entire uh, deal of why Dwight did time twenty five years. This is actually a non spoiler review, so I'm not going to go into spoiler territory. 
but the fact is uh, you actually have him as a pushover who's just taking it from his neighbors. The neighbor's dog keeps on crapping all over um, his lawn. And then, you know, and then his wife is, is his marriage is basically on the verge of collapse and everything too, because they also want to sell their house because of the fact that, you know, there's this beef war between the neighbor and him. They're just not getting along. And he's like, well, look, I'm just going to go and take myself out of it. And the neighbor's dog can go on and shit all over the place if he wants to. But, you know, I like that whole entire, entire concept. It kind of has that Sopranos kind of vibe where, remember on the episode of Sopranos on season one called College, where basically Tony winds up running into an ex-mafioso, and because he was a rat, he winded up whacking him. And this is that same kind of vibe, but still, you have the white who's just a capo, and this guy just ha- just winds up leaving, acting like everything's all good and everything, and then he winds up running into the white on on an accident and he thinks that he's going to whack him. And I like that idea of like, look, I don't care about what you did. It doesn't matter what you did. I just want us to be able to earn. I'm exiled just as you're exiled basically. And that's how I looked at it. So therefore, why don't we just partner up? Let's work together instead of against each other. And then there's also this other thing that winds up happening too, where white winds up sleeping with an ATF agent and he doesn't even know that she's an ATF agent and she doesn't know who he is and doesn't realize that he just got released from prison. He doesn't re- she doesn't realize either that he's actually a mafioso or anything like that or has not been flagged by the FBI to let her know that he got out of that who he is. So I like that element of mystery of the fact that you have two people. Frank's about to score because of the fact that he hadn't got laid in over 25 years and now he's hitting on this ATF agent at her friend's bachelorette party and her name is Stacy and Stacy winds up sleeping with him. And then you have this whole entire thing. At first I'm thinking, okay, well, this is just a one night stand. This is just going to be something that just, you know, this is an out and that's it. There's not going to be any groundwork with this because of the fact that we've seen this in every single movie, right? Where basically you have a character like the white who has a one night stand. And then later on, that's it. They're, that's the end of the characters. But I like how they give us small characters and they wind up giving us something more with them. Like I mentioned with the Uber driver, with uh, with with him, and then, of course, with Stacy. You're thinking those two characters are just going to be secondary and they're not going to be evolved or anything like that late in the, in the series. But no, instead, they wind up carrying those characters over and they give them layers to actually work with and having a change as well. You know, and and something else I wanted to mention, though, too, is the fact that you you have Mitch and spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at LittletonCoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at LittletonCoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. 
Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Mitch is, like I said, he's well, he's actually the bartender from the um, from the bar that Dwight and him are actually partners and everything. But I like the chemistry. The chemistry between the bartender and him works. Between Mitch and Dwight works very well. Like I said, I'm thinking that this is going to be one of those scenes that are just quickly done and be one and done and that's it. But no, they keep on growing these characters, keep on growing the friendship between them all to the point where everybody has each other's backs and they'll do anything for Dwight because they because Dwight has their backs. And also to uh, Dwight is also someone that they that he can trust. So that's something that I liked. But what I wanted to talk about, too, was the fact that, you know, you also have, uh, like I said, with the Uber, Uber driver, like I wanted to mention, is the fact that, you know, his father doesn't like the fact that he's even working with Dwight or anything. So, therefore, it's like, look, son, you're making the mistake, making some mistakes here. You need to go ahead and, and go to college because, man, college is out. I'm done with college. This is what I want to do. I just want to be his driver. And he winds up becoming his permanent driver. But even Dwight even stops him in his tracks, though, in one of the episodes. It's like, hey, kid, what are you doing? You could die at any moment just by driving and protecting me and stuff like that. He goes, look, you need to go to college and here's some money. He goes, no, keep your money. I want to go. I want to do this with you I'm in all the way. And then there's even this one scene where basically you think the father's going to wind up siding with his son for joining uh, for joining him and everything because they wind up taking down this motorcycle club who took helium from them but no instead it, it winds up becoming like this okay so there's this mc club and they beat the snot out of them and it's a tough battle between every single um mc member and stuff like that and they take the helium back they got their asses kicked they all did and they go about their day. And you're thinking, too, that's going to be the end of that, too. But it leads up to something more because now the leader of that MC club is now after Dwight and the rest of the people, the rest of Dwight's people. So I like that aspect of something more to them than just one layer stuff and just one and done type of thing where you see Dwight just going all over the place. But that's something I like I liked about it. And... You know, and I like the fact, too, that, you know, you have the father of the Uber driver there and, you know, basically he's trying to guide his son in the right way and his son doesn't want to do anything with it. And, of course, the, the this is what the bike makes him get. He gets him a caddy, not not a caddy, but a Lincoln Navigator at first. And then they switch cars after it gets shot up. And, of course, you know, I like the whole entire deal of where, the white winds up breaking the salesman's balls because of the fact that, you know, um, he gave the Uber driver is happens to be someone of color. And so the the guy was like, Well, look, I'm not gonna sell you this car. The salesman was like, I'm gonna sell you the car because you don't have no driver's license or or any kind of insurance or anything like that. And this is also probably drug money. And so the white winds up finding this out because. Uh, the Uber driver comes back to him and says, hey, look, man, they're not going to give me the Navigator. why. He said, because they say that the money is probably from drugs or everything. Okay, no problem. Drive me over there. What? Drive me over there. So Dwight goes on ahead, goes over to the car dealership, and next thing you know, the car dealer man, hey, what's going on? Hey, 
Uh, it's so good. This, what can I do? Because look, you're being a racist. This is just for not going for verbatim or anything. Because you were only nice to me because of the fact that the color of my skin. But see, if someone that's of color that want to uh, want to buy a car, you don't want to sell it to them. So you're being racist. So I like that whole entire deal where the white's actually calling him out on it, the salesman on it, and he's like, well. As soon as you see me, you're like, oh, how are you doing? You want to work something out with me? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's work something out. No, sell this to my friend here. Give me everything loaded down with everything you have for this Lincoln Navigator. I want it now. So what do they do? He winds up giving him the Lincoln Navigator. They wind up um, doing some other business deals and everything. Chicky, to me, the mob boss's son is a hothead like Sonny from The Godfather. To the point where you just can't stand him. He's just a total ball bag through this whole entire show of where he just wants to kill Dwight just because of the fact that he's close to his father and he's pissing uh Dwight's pissing him off every single chance he gets, and Dwight just doesn't care because of the fact that he's not a boss or anything, he's just a made man, and that's it. He doesn't have to listen to him or anything like that. The one he has to go to is his father, and his father's like, Look. As long as the envelopes are getting filled and they're sending me, he's sending me money and he's earning, I don't care what he does out there in Tulsa. So, so now you have the mob boss who has his back, who has Dwight's back, and Chicky is just a loose cannon. Like I said, he he reminds me of Sonny so much in The Godfather, and so that winds up happening. And this this is just an outstanding show altogether. Uh, and I know I'm jumping around a lot, but it's just a lot of stuff just to dive into that I really loved about this show. The writing is fantastic. Uh, the action sequences are really good. The dialogue flows pretty well. It is one of those shows that will keep you guessing, especially there's actually this um, one other thing that happens with with uh, Stacy and the white winds up giving her something to actually help her out with a case. And you're thinking that it's going to go down like a Sons of Anarchy type of way where basically Jax winds up helping the ATF agent and then it goes a completely different way. I like the fact that it's not predictable. I don't like predictability with anything. And I like the fact that I don't that I don't have to predict anything about this and I'm actually thrown off my guard because I'm thinking it's going to go and land in Dwight's favor on one end and then it goes in the totally opposite on the other end. And then there's also this other thing where Chicky winds up sending the other uh the concierge to check on Dwight, and I love this scene too because after he, uh, the concierge sees what Dwight's doing and everything, Chicky comes down to see what's going on, and then guess what? He's at first Chicky was probably gonna whack Dwight up until he's seen everybody that was. He goes, "You see those people over there? Yeah, they work for me. Those Indian people? Yeah, they work for me." Uh, he was gonna go ahead and whack um, Armand. Guess what? He works for him. You cannot touch him. This He is connected within a month, probably. And he's got things working for him. He has ways of going about his business. And like I mentioned about the Uber driver's father and things like that, you know, he goes, son, I didn't do this uh, for, you, uh, for you. I'm showing you basically that this is wrong. But that's just a little bit of backtrack and stuff like that of what I wanted to go with. But um, then, you know, you actually have, you know, um, basically you have Dwight going over into the horse stable 
and you know learning from over there from margaret margaret's helping him then it gets into this whole entire deal where once the atf agent stands um basically winds up um doing the one night stand um she winds up finding out through the other atf agents that oh snap the white man freddie got out of prison he's and only that but he's also on the fbi's radar right now and she doesn't care about that all she cares about is one thing taking down the mc a main baddie because of the fact that she's working a case so she doesn't care about that. And then there's this douchebag FBI uh, ATF that looks like he's just trying to make a name for himself. And he's basically trying to tell him, look, I don't care about any of it. I don't care about what Manfredi is doing or anything like that. The case is the ATF is with the ATF, not the FBI. Do not get them involved. But no, what does he do? He winds up getting the FBI involved. That dude is probably one of the biggest ball bags in the show, too, aside from what happened with state what Stacy did, which really pissed me off because of the fact the way that happened. But this show, I wouldn't say this is actually better than the Sopranos. Uh, I would actually still put the Sopranos at number one, Boardwalk at number two, and this is my number three. So top three mob shows that I've watched that I really liked. And uh, you know. I think that you guys are going to like this uh, TV show. There's a lot of stuff that happens within the show itself that will keep you on your toes. Uh, the stunts were good. Uh, the body choreography was really good. You also have um, a lot of other stuff that happens within the mob family too, with, especially with Dwight's daughter that you wind up finding out what one of the other uh, mafiosos did. And then he winds up retaliating and doing what he did to the uh, mob boss. Um, not the mob boss, but <clears throat> to the other mafiosos as part of that family. So, yeah, I definitely think that you guys will enjoy this. <coughs> All right, excuse me. But anyways, guys, that's going to be it as far as the show goes. But tell me what you guys think of Tulsa King Season 1. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Comment below. Do you think that this is actually one of the best shows right now? As far as um, a mob, a mobster show goes, tell me in the comments below. And guys, thank you so much for joining me. I do appreciate this. I hope everyone has a great and safe night. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. And you know, Rossi and I are going to be doing a Tupac playlist as well. So, review and everything of this show. And you guys can get an audio-only podcast wherever you guys get your podcast from. Give us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify or where you guys get your podcast from. Always until next time, guys. We'll catch you guys later. Bye-bye.